0: Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by CityLets. Let's Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories, and much more. If you want to get in touch direct, just reach out. Let's Talk at citylets.co.uk. Joining me today is a Wheel Kent face in Scottish Letting, Mike Campbell. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Gillian.
1: Thank you, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you wait and see. You'll you'll see that at the end. (laughs) Now, it might be easier to ask, but you don't do because you're Director of Council of Letting Agents, Director of Belvoir Falkirk, on the board of CIH Scotland, as well as on the board of Clyde Valley Property Services, a landlord too. I think, have I covered everything? I'm wondering when you actually sleep. When do you sleep?
1: I I sleep the sleep of the righteous every night at 10 (laughs) o'clock, I have to say. Never have any difficulty sleeping. Right. uh, Have I I missed
0: anything out? I'm not sure.
1: I'm not sure. Don't think so. Nothing I'm going to admit (laughs) to anyway. But uh, I I work by the old adage that moving targets are harder to hit generally, (laughs) plus get, get better people than me to do some of these things for me.
0: Right. That sounds good. Well, tell us. How you got to where you are now, because I'm aware you've been involved in housing for over 30 years. In fact, I think you prefer to call it a vocation rather than a job.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's certainly how it feels. So I, I started in housing in the uh, mid-1980s, um, working in local government. And uh, for, for uh, some listeners, no doubt will remember the old NALGO correspondence course that every housing officer in local authorities, the length and breadth of the land, would study. <laughs> and my dissertation for that uh, was, how do we stimulate the private rented sector? So in the mid-1980s, that was a really important topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never finished my dissertation, but the PRS seems to have managed quite well without my <laughs> input back then. Um, and it, it went on from there. I, I moved around a few local authorities, um, and uh, then took a career break to look after our, our children when they were wee, and uh, my wife wanted me to go back to work. So well, what do I know? What I you know? What what do I know something about? So we were fortunate enough to become landlords, and then and then I thought, well, I could manage other people's properties with these skills. Um, uh, so the, the rest is history in that sense. I, I do have a kind of. Uh, uh, to, to end my career in the social sector again rather than the private rented sector. Right. But uh, we'll see what happens.
0: OK. Well, so currently you're at the CLE, which is the largest Scottish representative body for agents with over 500 members. So tell us a bit more about the CLA and how it came about.
1: Okay, so the CLA is the agent wing um, of the Scottish Association of Landlords, SAL. There's lots of acronyms, so the CLA stands for the Council of Letting Agents. Um, In uh, uh, 2012, there was the tenant fee ban in Scotland. And a lot of agents uh, had a lot of angst to express about that, but there was no real forum to to do that. So uh, uh, Sal brought together a number of letting agents to talk it through and and generally get... Uh, more organised in terms of a collective voice for, this, for the agent-managed sector. So uh, we created a, a steering group with uh, about 18 people on it, and we looked at work streams like education and qualification and, and enforcement and things like that. And uh, after a year or so, we, we narrowed that down to a policy group, which I was fortunate enough to be on with some, some colleagues. And uh, we became the kind of... Uh, um, uh, policy kind of um, uh, the place for policies to be discussed and chucked back and forwards and things like that. Right. So it, Sal had been gaining landlord members almost by accident, you know, from from day one, and uh, they became a critical mass that we couldn't ignore anymore. Um, I had been involved in a uh, although I, I have a business in Falkirk with my wife. We became involved in another business in Edinburgh for three years, uh, but we were bought out of that business. So I I wasn't needed in Falkirk, which answers your previous Mm. question about how do I manage? You get other people (laughs) to do it. Um, So I had time on my hands and uh, John Blackwood, our chief executive at SAL, asked me to uh, take on the role of CLA director. So that's what I do now.
0: So what does your role then as CLE Director entail exactly?
1: Okay, so um, it's uh, um, some would say I make it up as I go along, and I'm not entirely sure I would disagree with that. Right. But basically, I represent our agent members I, I, with Scottish Government. Uh, I go around the country uh, talking to members on a one-to-one basis. Okay. Um we have, uh, SAL have always had branch meetings, which have tended to be uh, dominated by landlords' numbers in the past. More and more agents are coming along and looking for something distinctive. So now I hold parallel letting agent meetings when John's having a meeting with landlords. So that takes up a fair bit of time as well. Um, a lot of desk work as well uh, over the last year or so, um, supporting our members to, to meet the requirements of letting agent Regulation
0: okay.
1: and, and so forth. So,
0: so can you tell our listeners what's what's the difference then between CLA and ARLA?
1: Okay. Well, uh, the similarity is both are member organisations that you can choose to join. It's not compulsory to join any organisation. Um, uh, our main focus is on mentoring and supporting our members to meet the standards that are required of them under the new kind of regulatory framework we're working. Um, I can't speak for for uh, ARLA in terms of. What they're about, that's up to them. But uh, I I do know that we're immensely proud that the number of CLA agents are in the high 500s. And when you look at the letting agent register, uh, about 60% of registered letting agents in Scotland are members of the CLA, which is fantastic Mm -hmm.
0: for us. Let's talk about the PRS. It's seen so much change in recent years. You believe that the sector is almost going back in terms of tenure, not mattering. Can you expand?
1: Yeah, I've always felt that um, the the, um, tenure of the property, where the property manager sits, is irrelevant. What's really important is uh, good housing management. And I've always felt that throughout my career. So it doesn't matter to me whether it's an RSL operating in the PRS or private land- uh, landlords or agents operating in the PRS. I see it as one rented sector. And uh, we sometimes you need to go back to go forward to understand how that fits into the housing system. But that, that would be my prediction for the future, that it matters less and less the tenure of the property manager.
0: OK. Well, you've used the old adage, there is nothing as constant as change with Mm. reference to the PRS. So we certainly have seen more change in the past few years than in the last um, previous 20 years. So let's focus on the PRT and the letting agent code of practice. How do you feel letting agents have adapted to the new standards?
1: OK. Um, letting agents are human, human like everybody else. So we're indignant to change in the first instance. Our reaction is to fight against change. But when we, we sit back and we, we kind of uh, think more clearly about that... Um, it's a compliment that there's been so much change about the PRS, because it means that the PRS has become really important in in the housing system. So, uh, with with that importance and prominence, uh, it's inevitable that there'll be scrutiny of the PRS, and it's inevitable that there'll be some legislation. So, uh, there's been a raft of uh, changes in the PRS, as you know, that came from the, uh, the Scottish Government strategy in 2013, a place to stay, a place to call home, and a couple of the them you've mentioned there so the the prt was was uh, uh, brought in in response to uh, a demand for more security of tenure for tenants essentially and that was off the back of everybody recognising that more families were living in the PRS than before, with children as well. So the the concept of a so-called no-fault ground for eviction was was deemed to have um, passed its sell-by date, for want of a better expression. Um, When the PRT came in, we were all a bit worried about that, Um, but uh, the evidence so far has been that... uh, Uh, tenancies are as long as they've ever been and and that uh, most tenancies are still terminated by tenants, not uh, landlords.
0: I'm aware there were concerns regarding the notice to leave. Mm -hmm. How has this been in practice, do you feel? Yeah.
1: Um, We've tried to keep a record in our own business of uh, length of tenancy and things like that. We've seen absolutely no change in that. Under the short assured tenancy regime, there were always people that signed a six-month lease and then, uh, you know, a month or two later said, oh, we need to leave. Um, there is, There was never any point in keeping these uh, tenants to the letter of their contract, that that would just be hard work for everybody for four months or whatever it was. So uh, we would always relet the property anyway with the the permission of the landlord, for example. And uh, the numbers who are um, moving in um, and leaving in short order in, under the PRT, are actually very, very similar to, to the numbers that used to ask to be uh, released from their contract earlier. So no change there. But we, we didn't know that until we experienced it.
0: So um, do you think there's still a large amount of tenancies on the previous short-year lease you know, due to long-term tenancies?
1: Yeah, very much so. And, and um, uh, back to talking about uh, SALS branch meetings... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at every meeting, we ask for a show of hands about uh, w- w- uh, whether the, the landlords have created a new PRT yet. And there's still a few in every meeting that haven't actually created a PRT, which means that they're still on short assured tenancies that we're unable to, to roll on regardless. Um, and I think that's why that we, we have to keep talking about... Um, uh, the PRT and signposting to information about it, because in a year or two's time, they might be creating a PRT, and everybody's kind of forgotten about that being a, a challenge to to, uh, uh, to to absorb at that at that time.
0: Okay, so I mean, has there been any changes to the original PRT model agreement?
1: Yeah, the there's been. The the Scottish Government have made one or two technical changes to that um, but I think the important point of that is not the detail of these changes which were minor but that uh, um, if you're a a landlord with uh, just one or two properties and you've saved a version of the PRT when you let it Last year, uh, when it comes to reletting it again in the future, don't rely on your saved copy in case there's more changes to it. Uh, go back to the government website and download a fresh version.
0: Always use, yeah. Always, Always use the current, to the, yeah. the current, current one. Mm-hmm. So obviously, um, the previous ones that they may have used, they wouldn't be invalid. It depends
1: know. what's what's changed in yeah. the in the PRT going forward. I know what one. Uh, one issue that's uh, prominent uh, in the in the kind of chattering classes of lettings just now is the length of notice. Now, the PRT is, says 28 days' notice. It doesn't say a minimum of 28 days' notice. So there's been one or two uh, judgments in the first-year tribunal that have uh, basically uh, rejected the notice to leave on the basis that too much notice has been given. Which is just, you know, implausible, really. Yeah. But so there may very well be t- uh, tidying up work over time.
0: Okay, so going back to the code of practice, do you think landlords could actually benefit from reading the document?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and, and um, I think letting agents should have a, a printed copy of it on every single desk uh, within their organisation and um, go over it regularly because it's uh, whilst it's not the lengthiest of document. It's full of really um, uh, challenging things to, to comply with and they need to be in the forefront of your mind all the time. Um, If you just look at some of the judgments coming out of the housing property chamber, first Tier tribunal on their website, uh, in terms of letting agents, firstly, uh, the number of letting agent enforcement orders, uh, there's lots of them. So we may have a head knowledge of the Code of Practice, but it's putting it literally into practice is what's important. And none of that is unimportant for landlords. Landlords should be aware of that framework as well. And also, not the least fact being that uh, 50% of the PRS properties in Scotland are managed by agents on behalf of landlords. So landlords should know, have a clear idea of what a letting agent should be doing for them and holding them to account if they're not.
0: Okay. Now, you mentioned, I heard you say, at a recent event... That in Wales, if a landlord doesn't use an agent, then they need to do some form of training, and that you believe it's only a matter of time until it happens here.
1: I think that's likely in, in terms of some form of training. Letting agents have had to do a a, um, a formal qualification. Um, I'm not saying that's why I think will happen in terms of all all the self managing landlords, but in Wales, uh, Rent Smart Wales requires landlords to to commit to. Um, a short training session if they're self-managing. And it seems to me that if we're requiring uh, 50% of the market to be trained and qualified, there's no harm for that to be extended in time.
0: Now, there were reports regarding the lengthy time process that the first tier tribunal were allegedly taking to resolve disputes, is this still the case?
1: Um, no, it, seem, it seems to have uh, settled down quite nicely. Initially, uh, the, the volume of cases going through the system were considerably higher, I think four times as many as was forecast um, in, the, in the first quarter of operation, so inevitably that slowed things down. Um, there's a few things uh, um, been put in place since, including uh, um, uh, increasing the numbers of staff working right. for the for the uh, tribunal. And um, now I believe that the average uh, number of working days to get to a case management discussion is somewhere around about the five mark. Okay. It, it will obviously vary around the country, but uh, things are much improved. And generally the tribunal is, is very welcome compared Good. to... Um, people's experiences of the sheriff court as they go around talking to letting agent members around the country the tribunal has been yards from their office, rather than a, you know, a journey into a big city or something. So, so that aspect's been really, really uh, good.
0: Well, moving on to short-term lets and the growth of Airbnb in the city. In your view, what effects do you think it's having on the capital?
1: Yeah, it's it's a it, it's a mixed blessing, isn't it? Uh, holiday lets, short-term lets, um, uh, if we call them that. Um, in some areas, they're very welcome, In other areas, there uh, there's there's uh, arguably too much over provision um, at heart I'm an urban geographer, that that would really be my job title if I was to give you a job title mm. and with that comes of a, a, a sense of place and a kind of psychological view of your own neighbourhood and this is where the issue lies where um, there may be um, owner occupiers that have lived in a, a particular street or neighbourhood or part of the city for years now feel crowded out by the negative impact of short term lets. Roundabout, about our, our view as an organisation is that there should be a level playing field in terms of re- the regulation of that market because as I say it is welcome in some places and not others
0: What about the health and safety Aspects and how it's
1: regulated. Yeah, th- this is one of the things I think. Whilst there's been some evidence of a drift from residential lets to uh, short-term lets, and by definition, hopefully they would they would ha- meet all the repairing standard requirements mm. that were required for them as um, residential lets. But there will be some that have just uh, opportunistically come into the market for short-term lets, and there is nobody enforcing uh, regulatory standards in these in these properties at the moment so it is a concern
0: okay would you agree that the new PRT is open to abuse from tenants looking for cheaper short-term accommodation, you know, now that the PRT has no minimum term?
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I think life's too short to turn over stones like that. I think really, as I said earlier, the the, uh, the number of people who are only staying a short while seem to be the same. In my experience, as stayed before, sure, in the cities there might, there might be a, a greater potential for that to happen but why would anybody bother with the hassle? Uh, and I think it highlights um, that you have to do your referencing properly. Um, you know, Absolutely. if somebody's They're... hopped around mm-hmm. properties, well, th- th- there's a message there. Um, mm. uh, actually, on the theme of uh, doing your referencing property back to the first-year tribunal, there is great evidence on the first-year tribunal of eviction actions uh, where tenants have been evicted. Uh, and uh, there's, there's, you know, you can see who's which tenancies haven't been successful in the past so and that there's a search facility where you can put in Joe blogs or whatever and and you you'll find out information that's great.
0: There. so landlords can check themselves they can before. yeah Perfect. an absolutely
1: vital tool so that, that they should save that in their uh, browser
0: absolutely that's great well finally because you're clearly a busy man <laughs> um, with not much time to spare but what do you do when you do have spare time?
1: Uh, I, I, actually, I've got a lot of spare time. I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I go out on my bike. Uh, I do a lot of cycling, uh, a lot of walking, and um, generally put my feet up and stare into space, which I seem to be. I think that would be my my um, main uh, main activity in life. I think. Deep thinking, so I should say. Each of say.
0: those this weekend. Well, uh, this bit week, of each.
1: This weekend, what's happening? This weekend, uh, I can't actually remember what's happening this weekend. But
0: the a few more days weekend.
1: the weekend after, uh, I, I know for a fact, I'm going to Aaron with my, oh, my daughter and her husband, and my son and his girlfriend. Oh, uh, we're like all going Aaron. to Taran for the weekend.
0: Great. So I'm looking forward to that. we'll enjoy that, and thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. I'm Gillian Semler Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud as well as on cityletscouk forward slash podcasts and also let your friends know where to find us. Let's talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at CityLetts.co.uk.